1: Another week, another dominant win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Finally looking like they're back on track after a couple games where everyone wanted to claim that the Washington Commanders had a blueprint for how to beat this team. It's not looking like it. This team is beating beating other teams in every way possible. You think you can stop them in one way, they'll just attack you another different way. I'm Jess Taylor. Thanks for joining us this week for the BGN Post Game Instant Reaction Show. I'm here as always. Rachelle's behind the glass. Shane Half is here with me. We actually have Johnny Page coming in again this week to break down another play with us. But just to kind of kick things off, Shane, I mean, I every time I see something on special teams happen and I get excited, I think of you immediately. Did they finally figure it out? Is it is it not going to cost us a game at some point? Did we avoid it?
2: I mean, they did get a punt blocked in the end zone.
1: They did. But even <laughs> but even so, I mean, an extremely heads-up play by Aaron Sipos there. Like, I haven't seen a bad that athletic in a really long time.
2: Can you imagine if he converted? If he got that for a first down? Like, can you even imagine? I thought like imagine he sticks his foot in the ground and hits that inside cutback and picks up a first down. That'd be the most athletic punter play I've ever seen.
1: Ever, 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 ever in all time. But listen, you we were we had said you especially had said, and we had we were waiting for the time when special teams was going to cost this team a game possibly. And have we turned a corner on that? Obviously, we have to wait to see what Aaron Sipaz's injury is. Jake Elliott did a fine job as a punter for for a couple, for a little bit in there. And Britton Covey was fine. I was a little concerned about you know, the a different holder in there, just with the weather. Usually, like, it would be okay. I would be like, all right, not great. But the weather did give me a little bit of pause going in. It seemed like, you know, just another another instance of the next man up mentality for this team.
2: Yeah, yeah. Covey did a good job coming in and holding. And I mean, teams practice that you you prepare for something like that a little bit, too. But with the weather, that's always dicey. You certainly wouldn't want like a game winning field goal to come with a backup holder and water, you know, something like that. But, uh, you know, hopefully Sepos will be fine and, and come back and uh, The return game has looked so much better over the last couple weeks. You know, you have Boston Scott. Of course, it's the Giants, so maybe we just discount that. But you got Boston Scott ripping off kickoff returns. Britton Covey for the second week in a row has had some good punt returns. Uh, so that's all great. The but the lack of a return game is never what was going to cost you a game. That the, the right. getting a punt blocked in the end zone, like it's against the Giants and you're that's up three it. scores, so it's not a big deal. But you just can't have that happen in the playoffs. So you know, if we're going to nitpick things, which is all you can do after a 48-point outing, special teams is still a little concerning just with the negative plays they generate at times. We've seen that from field goal units, punt units. So, hopefully they smooth that out, but that's literally well, that's one of only like two negatives you can take away from this whole game.
1: All right, should we just get the negatives out of the way to start? What's the other negative? Kavon What's your Kavon other? One?
2: Wallace stinks.
1: I think he's the only is he the only draft pick that howie hasn't admitted defeat on yet.
2: <laughs> um
1: Like he's the only one over the last, since the Super Bowl that has been just a a a bad pick and has not had a defeat admitted on him yet.
2: I mean, he did get bumped below a, a UDFA in the depth chart, so that's probably pretty close to admitting defeat. Um Sure. Yeah, th- like that crossing route he gave up to Slayton was pretty bad and Uh, That comes, you know, Reed Blankenship's injury. I I don't know what it was, but you always are concerned with a non-contact injury, especially on turf and in the rain and all those things. So uh, with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out, with Reed Blankenship, uh, unknown status now. You know, you have the Bears Mm -hmm. coming up. They're not a big pass-heavy team. They don't have good receivers, but you really want either Blankenship or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back ASAP.
1: Yeah, I think there's a better chance that you get CJGJ back before Dallas. I think it cuz did they end up putting him on IR or no? Uh
2: I think I can't remember. I'll Google it. I think they did.
1: Okay. So, but I think even with that still when they put him on, I don't know how how many games he's missed. He cuz it was in the Packers game he got hurt, correct?
2: Um I don't think he is on IR. He, okay. He, he's, he went out on the 27th during the Packers game and I don't think he is on IR. So presumably he could come back. We just don't know when.
1: Right. Okay. So I, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, it's always something, especially with, with MetLife, that field, I feel like there's always, I mean, that's one of the, the spots where there are always injuries, right? Like there was, I think two or three ACLs torn that the year that Saquon tore his ACL, there were like two or three torn within a couple weeks span on that same field. So, yeah, you know, and you know, we even looked at, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Lane Johnson, the the grass on the Eagles field essentially saved him having a a really awful knee injury. Again, it's, there's no point in having it. It is what it is, whatever. So you you hope that he's fine. Um, But again, you're, I think you're right. If you have to pick maybe two negatives, I think those are the only two you could pick out after today. Last week was a great game. They, you know, were flawless everywhere except for all the penalties that this week. Perfectly cleaned up. He is on IR by the way.
2: Uh, He, he's eligible to come back after the Cowboys game. So. Um, I, I would expect uh, Jack or not, not Jack Driscoll. I don't know. I, Jack Driscoll playing safety would be something to behold. Um, that
1: would be something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Josiah Scott <laughs> is who I was trying to say. He cross-trained at safety some in the off season. I would have to think if, if Reed Blankenship is going to be out, given the play they've gotten from Kavon Wallace, now with Avante Maddox back, I would think you give Josiah Scott a look at safety this week. Uh, I, I would much rather him be back there than the alternatives at this point. Also, yeah, Anthony Harris got waived by the Dolphins a couple or not the Dolphins, the Broncos a couple of days ago. So, the he there there's a possibility you could bring somebody like him back, but we'll see.
1: I wouldn't hate that either. I think I I don't think that you're right. Going into the going into the Bears game, that, you know, that is what it is. You're not that's not going to lose you a game against the the Bears. The Bears are not a good enough football team for for that to be your demise. But a team that has weapons like the Dallas Cowboys do. That's, you know, that's a bigger question mark for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Can we get into the positive now? Now that we have, now that we've exhausted the negative. You started
2: this. You asked me about special teams as soon as we came on. I blame you.
1: I wanted to get it out of the way. I wanted to get it out of the way. I wanted to handle it. And we're going to just be happy and positive now because there are so, so many good things to be excited about. So let's start with the couple different, players that set different standards for themselves, records, things, that, the other thing. So, three first time in Eagles history, three players with 10 touchdowns or more. A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, obviously. Uh, 1,000 yards for A.J. Brown, first receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 14. 1,000 yards for Miles Sanders. When was the last time the Philadelphia Eagles had a 1,000-yard rusher? Was it around the It was Sean McCoy around year, the same right? time. Yeah. Same year? And Hassan Reddick. 10 sacks, three straight seasons, three different teams. This team, they're they are just checking all these box. I saw, you know, all these things before the game, right? There were, you know, AJ needed 50 yards, Miles needed, you know, however many yards, Hassan Reddick needed one sack, blah blah. They all accomplished it in like the first half.
2: Yeah, the the my favorite thing the Miles Sanders hit the 1000 yards on that fake QB sneak pitch play too, which was just like that was just a brilliant sequence. The Eagles have been QB sneaking all year and then they come up and they like fake the QB sneak with Jalen Hurts running but in a shot and shocking news a Giants player had a phantom injury right before the snap because we see that week after week. And so the Eagles come back and you're like all right, they're just going to sneak it. They burned their like little fake thing now, but nope, now they have a little pitch to Miles Sanders for a big gain on the outside and that was just a beautiful play. I love that they're they're putting some of those things on film for teams to have to think about now. Like you have to think about: Are we really QB sneaking? That they, they've started rolling out like pistol. Last week they were in uh, pony packages, two running backs in the backfield several times. This week they started to use the pistol a lot. It's things that they don't have on tape so far that they're starting to put on tape now for teams to think about as you push into the playoffs. So I, I love seeing the offense continuing to evolve and add new elements.
1: I would agree. And and I think you really see how they're not getting complacent in any way, shape, or form. And especially in terms of, you know, they were beating teams like this early. They were in the season, they were going up big, staying there, not having to worry about anything and just, you know, taking big leads and finishing out the game strong. Then there were a couple games in there, obviously the loss to the commanders, but then, you know, the, the couple subsequent games were, they they were sort of back and forth a little bit too close for comfort coming, coming out with the wins, obviously, but It it was there were concerns, right? It was it was very concerning after the Colts game how they they barely squeaked that one out. Even the Texans, which was before the Commanders, I believe, was you know that one was a little hairy. We didn't love we didn't love the way that that looked. And then you know even against the Packers, it was too back and forth there. And obviously you know you can't ever count out Aaron Rodgers, even if the Packers are a terrible football team, you know, overarchingly for the season. But you know it, it wasn't comfortable. And we like being comfortable, but it, it was, it was a little bit too close. The last couple of weeks, they have gotten right back to sort of where they were to to start the season. And you're right. They're, they're not just doing the same things. They're constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly getting better. And they said it a bunch of times on the broadcast today. And it's, and it's true. You know, if you try to stop them one way, they're just going to beat you a different way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes them such a good and such a complete team. You look at all these other teams that are in that upper echelon in the NFL. You think of like the the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Bills and they're so good throwing the ball and not that, you know, it's not that stopping Patrick Mahomes passing the ball is easy, but if you could do it, what do you have to go to? They don't have a very good running game. The Eagles have a top a top 5 passing attack and a top 5 rushing attack. They can literally attack you Whatever you choose to give them, like last year, the thing was we're gonna keep Hurts in the pocket and make him beat us with his arm. Do it, like he's going to. It, he's done I dare it. Dare you? It, it doesn't matter. You can. There's no element of the Eagles' offense you can try to isolate and say we're gonna make that beat us because we don't think it can. Like they, they can beat you anyway, which makes it really impossible for the Eagles to get a bad matchup defensively.
1: Yeah, there there are so many different things that they can do. And while we're, you know, on the topic of Jalen Hurts doing everything and beating you every which way, um, we are, like I said before, we have Johnny Page here with us again. He's going to break down for us one of the many brilliant plays Jalen Hurts made today in his touchdown run in the third quarter, I want to say it was. We're going to talk about, I mean, again, just you think they're going to do one thing, try to beat them one way. They are going to beat you any way they decide to. When they decide how they're going to attack you and how they're going to win, that's what they do.
3: Yeah, you'd think I'd know when the touchdown was. I think it was third quarter. Was it straight after halftime? Was it the first
2: drive after halftime? It was the first to the second drive. It was in the third There we go.
3: It would do. Um, Right, this is like my favorite play ever. I'm going to be watching this play so so many times this week. So firstly, um, to give you a little picture before you look at it. So the Eagles – are running a three-by-one set with three wide receivers and Devontae Smith by himself. And they motion, I believe it's Sanders, uh, to the left-hand side. So they basically create what's known as a quad set or a four-by-one set. Uh, We've seen the Eagles do this quite a lot using four-by-one sets this year. And they like playing from empty. Uh, And essentially, the Giants match it sort of how most teams will match it, where you have to move four defenders over to the four-receiver sides. Ideally, you want to be plus one in coverage. So a lot of teams will actually make sure they're five over four. But the Giants are four over four. And they leave Devontae Smith in one-on-one coverage. So basically, in simple terms, the Giants are playing this as heavy against the run as they possibly can. They cannot have any box at all. It's physically impossible because they have to at least have four on four and one on one. So technically, this is a play when you sort of expect the Eagles to throw it. I actually think they could have thrown it to Miles Sanders on the swing, and he might have been in. they got Devontae Smith one-on-one. So this is a play where you probably think, right, they've got a good uh, passing matchup. Technically, the Giants are six over five in the box. Eagles have got five offensive linemen. Giants have got six in the box. I know that's a lot of maths. There's a lot of maths to this one. So they're six over five. So the Giants should have the advantage. The Eagles leave the edge defender unblocked. Now, think about that for a second. The Eagles are an empty. They haven't got a running back. They're not faking a handoff. They've literally just said Hurst is going to outrun him. Just leave him. They're basically running a QB run and just not blocking a guy, which I've not really seen very often, actually, from anyone. Normally, you leave a guy unblocked because you have him sort of looking at the running back. The Eagles are just like, no, we're just going to leave him. It's fair enough. So now they're five on five in the box. So all of a sudden, you think, right, now the Eagles can run it. One of the linebackers, I think 48 or 58, is just staring at Sanders. He's got no idea what's going on, bless him. He has got no clue what is happening. So then the Giants are left with four defenders. The Eagles have got five offensive linemen. I think Hertz is actually so fast, he actually beats Jordan Maillard. So Maillard doesn't even block anyone. So Hurst just walks into the end zone untouched because, of course, every single offensive lineman wins their block. Uh, Kels and Milata are running like a sweet play. They both – well, Kels wins his block. lata doesn't actually have to do anything. I could genuinely be Jordan Maillard on that play and we'd still score. I think that's the only time I will ever say that. Um, so what ends up with the Giants being six over five in the box pre-snap, which they can never be any heavier. There is no way they can ever have any extra men in the box than six over five. They end up actually only having four defenders basically involved in the play and the Eagles block all four. Hurts is free. When you think about it, like pre-snap as as the Giants defence coordinator, you must go mental because there is nothing you can do. There is no alignment. There is nothing at all you can do to stop that play. And it's going to be really interesting to see if the Eagles keep leaving unblocked uh, edge defenders with Hurts by himself because that's a whole new element to their run game with Hurts. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of maths in that one, so I apologise. Uh, but if you look at it, look at the unblocked edge defender, first of all, because you'll see what I mean. And they literally just completely leave him, and Hertz just outruns it. So if we look at it now.
0: Four to choose from near side. Instead, Hertz takes off and gashes him. Touchdown, Philly.
2: And it's Jalen Hurts on the ground.
3: And I'm rubbish with numbers. It's Giants number five, um, Thibodeau. Or is it someone else
2: yes Yes. yeah yeah so
3: they're leaving a a high first round pick rookie unblocked and he literally can't catch up with her so that play is just it's just awesome i i I don't know you can't we've said before Shane, that the idea that the eagles offense can be found out i mean you can't the only way you stop that is by winning your blocks and by but that's really hard because the eagles offensive line are incredible and in that play they literally had an unblocked blocker which it's yeah, it's just a great play. I love that play. Sorry, I'll shout now about that play because I'll talk about it too much all on once.
2: <laughs> so often in the first half that the Giants rushed five and the Eagles responded just blocking five. And every single offensive lineman wins their block. And it gave the Eagles one-on-one matchups all over the field. Like the Eagles offensive line is so good. And then, you know, if you lose a block, Hertz just runs anyways. And there was a couple times that happened. It's just so hard the numbers just don't work to stop the Eagles offense that over the last three weeks, we taught, they were kind of, you know, they were sluggish against the Colts, the commanders, the Texans over the last three weeks, the Eagles have averaged 43 points and 468 yards. that That's just insane, that's insane. output from the offense.
1: That's, that's purely insane.
3: Yeah. It is. Did any of you just watch today and have no stress at all like yeah, I think
1: I fell asleep at one point. I think I actually closed like I was tired and closed my eyes and like, it, and like towards the going into halftime, I was like, I think I'm just gonna like the baby's supposed to wake up from her nap in like 15 minutes. I think I'm just also gonna just take one of these really quick and and be fine and not worry about it. And oh, it's so nice to be able to just not stress.
3: Yeah, I'll for once you. in my life. You mentioned this, and this was the empty game. Uh, this is what everyone will be talking about this week. This was The Eagles just kept going empty. I tweeted about it on the first drive. It was just so obvious. And the Giants obviously did not want Hurts to win with his legs. So they said, we're going to put five on five because that's how essentially you play one up in the box. And then the Eagles just went, okay, so that guarantees you're going to get uh, man coverage on the outside. Or at least you're going to get one-on-one. On one. And then they just kept throwing it. So, Devontae Smith, obviously, in a touchdown, was single high man coverage. Um, they ran a lot of crossing routes in this game, a lot of sort of mesh concepts. It was just it, the Giants had no answers at all. If they did one thing, the Eagles did the other thing. It was, it felt like it was like a, in football over here, we obviously have different leagues, sorry, in soccer, as you call it. Uh, and it felt like a team in one league playing a team in another league when you just watch a game and say it's a friendly, there's no, there's nothing this team can do to win. I have That game could be played 100 times over with the same players on that field and I can't see a different result unless one of the Eagles players just doesn't, unless Hurts has a bad game for whatever reason. It was so, so dominant. It was very similar to last week, if not we maybe even slightly better somehow.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the defense was, uh, I mean, the only way that you could say it was better than last week, it was cleaner. They didn't have as many penalties. That was the only thing that was better than last week. And they somehow still were as dominant as they were last week. And, and, you know, and the defense held up their end of the bargain too. I mean, there's not a lot that you look at from the giants that you're scared of at this point obviously saquon can hurt you daniel jones has played much 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 better this season than he has in his previous seasons um you know he's not turning the ball over the way he used to so he's and he's been fairly dominant as well with his legs and the eagles just i mean they 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 couldn't do anything they couldn't get anything going and the eagles were hands down by far no question the the superior team in in at every position
4: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
2: One of my favorite things defensively is Brandon Graham getting three sacks. Uh, He's up to eight and a half sacks. Now, when he got the first one, I tweeted the clip and I said, he's got six and a half sacks now. And I I just would love for him to hit 10 sacks. He's never done it in his career. And then he got two more. So he's at eight and a half sacks now. So you guys can all join me on the Brandon Graham 10 sack uh, watch over the next few weeks. He needs one and a half more sacks to set a career high. So, uh, and you just love to see it. Like they've managed him perfectly this year, coming off the injury. They they've used him in a rotation. They've spelled him a lot. And He's playing his best football right now. He's been so effective. Uh, Josh Sweat, I think, has five sacks in the last five games. Hassan Reddick has a sack in each of the last five games. Fletcher Cox is coming alive, you know, playing less snaps now, just kind of a pass rush guy. And if you get a team on third down where they have to pass, the quarterback just prays that he survives. And I don't know how that stacks up against, like, a playoff caliber offense. I don't know if you can put that fear into a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, uh, but I I really want to see. I can't wait to find out.
3: Yeah. The Eagles pass rush was, there was, I think there was the fourth and eight, I think in the fourth quarter where they hit Daniel Jones and it was just ridiculous. There was like sweat, um, sweat was just flying. Reddit was flying. Cox was so much better. Um, I don't don't actually know because I I struggle to follow it with too much going on today with Red Zone is whether Jordan Davis was actually... I saw him playing a few snaps um, and I genuinely wonder if people are going to worry a lot about injury and... I've maybe been quite controversial at times and I've said this, like um, Linval Joseph might actually be slightly better right now uh, than him as the nose tackle. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're just sticking with what's working for now and maybe they're going to wait for John Davis to come back. But this is a Super Bowl team. We're not, we're not giving Cleveland snaps to develop them at this point. We obviously want him to play, but you play the best guy. Um, him and Sue have actually made a difference as well. That defensive line must be the deepest <laughs> defensive line. There can't be many deep ever. I mean, as you said, Brandon Graham had a couple of plays again, and not just the sacks, where he blew up a run earlier on. Uh, Sweat and Reddick, as good as Ed Rushers. I was trying to think of since, from an Eagles fan, how far do you have to go back to find a duo that good? Um, They're just so, so deep at the moment. But yeah, I just wondered about Jordan Davis. I didn't read anything. I wonder if he's just playing less snaps, partly to get him healthier, but also because they're just playing so well.
1: Yeah, I think he's probably playing less snaps being, you know, he hasn't played in a while. But also, I, I think part of it is it doesn't hurt to have that many guys that you can rotate through on the interior defensive line. And when, you know, the tensions were at their highest with the frustration with Fletcher Cox's play so far this season, one of the things that, you know, we heard him say a little bit was, I, I I'm so tired. I I can't do anymore because I am exhausted by the end of, by, by, you know, by the third quarter, which again, like you're, 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 you're getting paid millions of dollars literally to, to do that, but that's neither here nor there, but either way, like, you know, if you are being double, triple teamed every single snap, you're going to be exhausted. So the fact that they have these enormous human beings that they're able to add in next to him and at least rotate through to keep everybody a little bit fresher. You saw immediately the, the, the adjustment that Fletcher Cox made. We literally just said Fletcher Cox has come alive as soon as they signed these other two guys to just get him a little bit more on, you know, a little bit more rest here and there. And it not only gave him a little more rest, helped wait for Jordan Davis to come back a little bit more and it allows them to work Jordan Davis back in a little bit. And again, still keep these guys in a rotation to keep them all healthy because three of the four we just named are, you know, a little bit older.
2: I think with Davis, there's probably, it's probably still residual injury things. Like he's playing a few snaps, but I can't imagine in a game that you win by 30 some, almost 30 points that you wouldn't have him on the field. Some just for development purposes, like If it's just that Linval Joseph is playing better, you would still want to get him snaps to keep Joseph fresh heading into playoffs. Because Joseph's an older player and, you know, granted he started later in the season, but I think there's probably more to it than that. I think he's probably still kind of slowly coming back from that injury, but I didn't notice him um, much today. I'm not sure how many snaps he ended up playing. I'll be anxious. That's what I was going
3: to say. I don't think he ever, when he came in, he seemed to always be playing next to Joseph. Mm-hmm. not in replacement of Joseph um people probably put me out if I'm wrong but I didn't see him play as the nose tackle in a five-man front I don't think at all it's just something that I found quite interesting uh off the top of my head as well if I had to ask you to what numbers did Javon Hargrave end up with today
2: uh he didn't have a sack I don't think he had a tackle for loss either uh, nope. nothing did he have a tackle period Oh, but so, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just looking at the stats now. It's
3: like, oh, Javon Hargrave literally in the box got nothing, and no one cares because they're that good up front. It, it really doesn't matter if Hargrave has a bad game. It just it made that's me laugh. A,
1: that's such a good point because he's had one of the best seasons of his career at this point. He's been he was their best defensive tackle up until they signed, they brought on Linville Joseph and and Indama Kinsu to you know pick up the the extra slack there. That's hysterical. <laughs> it's such a good point.
2: Yeah. And I mean, and Avante Maddox back and you really didn't hardly notice him either. So just which is a good thing. A guy coming back from injury. If you just don't notice him, that's probably a positive in his first game back.
3: Um, I made a note to bring this up as well, but I know you mentioned it at the start of the show, Shane, but I'm pretty sure on the first or second drive when the Giants threw um, the deep post to Bradbury and the ball sort of fell incomplete, I'm pretty sure that was Scott playing in dime. And I think he actually rotated into the center field safety position, I think. So obviously we didn't see the all 22, so I have to watch it back. But it looked to me like Scott was lined up like he was going to play inside corner and then they rotated late to like cover free and he was the single high safety so if that's something they think Scott can do then it might be worth before the playoffs depending on how bad Blankenship's injury is getting a little look at him playing some actual safety reps because yeah we're not going to talk too much about Wallace so it it would be nice to have another option and Anthony Harris would also make sense um, if they decide to go that way I think they said knee to Blankenship didn't they which Whenever you rule someone out immediately with a knee injury,
2: it's especially when it it. was non-contact, too, that's always
1: was was it non-contact or did he take like a helmet to the knee or something? Just like sort of in that that pile that was sort of moving. No,
2: it was he was coming up to the pile and his foot kind of like slipped out, and then he went down and grabbed it below. I think they they said on the broadcast that it was like they were speculating ankle, but I was like he grabbed his knee, and then later the Eagles said knee, so I was hoping for ankle.
3: Yeah, I think TJ Edwards was down on one knee as well. Uh, He's hard to see from the camera angle, but it looked like he might have gone down on one knee and taken off his helmet, which is something when players sort of, I think players know when they're badly hurt, don't they? Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I think there was a bit of an expectation from the players around him that that injury probably uh, won't be good anyway.
1: Yeah. So actually, while we're talking about the turf again, I'm going to throw it over to Rachel to come in and sort of talk about what's going on on Twitter, because I just clicked on the use three words to describe how you're feeling after the game tweet. And the first one that came up has to do with the turf. So we're going to ch- see what other kinds of vibes are going on on Twitter right now.
5: I was going to say that's the only negative I've seen today has been fire the turf.
2: <laughs> we want to fire <laughs> other somebody other other every fans. week. Right. We fire somebody on this podcast every week.
5: I guess they had to get creative with that one. Yeah. So that's the only fire anyone uh, tweet that I've seen so far. Everything else has been pretty positive. First round bye. Eagles looking good. That was nice. Complete victory. Stress-free game, which you guys already touched on. So nah, I don't really see anything that's like negative, which is also- We're going to
2: need the Eagles to start giving us some things to complain about before the three words start coming back with fire. Insert podcast host name here. We don't want that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need. And something that I don't know why we haven't. I mean, we're 29 minutes into this episode and have yet to. So the Eagles clinched a playoff berth today. Also, just throw that out there as well. <laughs> a half hour into talking about everything, they're officially uh, clinched their spot in the in the playoffs. So go Birds!
3: I didn't even realize. I genuinely have no idea. It's one seed or nothing for me now. It's um, right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm well, looking for. It's kind of crazy
1: because, you know, usually you're, it's, it's, you clinch the division. It's like, and that's when you clinch your playoff spot. Like it's pretty sick, but the division for some reason is actually all above 500 right now and actually playing well, which just makes me so angry. But, and the, the uh, they're even closer to the one seed after today because the Texans lost again to the Detroit Lions. Correct. Yes. And the Cowboys, the
2: Vikings, the, the Vikings lost to the Lions. Yeah.
1: What did I say? The
2: Texans lost to the Lions.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. I my brain was going faster than than I was speaking. The Texans could not keep it together long enough to beat the Cowboys. It was so close. They scored with forty seconds left.
2: Yeah. So per five thirty eight, uh, the Eagles have an eighty seven percent chance to win the division, which is equal to their chance uh, for the first round bye. So with the Vikings' loss, basically the winner of the NFC East is almost guaranteed uh, to win or to get the one seed, and so. The Eagles, honestly, they don't even have to win at Dallas on Christmas Eve. If they just take care of business in their other games, Chicago, New Orleans, and the Giants, they, they clinch the one seed. So the Eagles just need to win three of their four. Uh, obviously, if they win that Gi- or that Cowboys game, that kind of counts twice. But uh, Cowboys the Eagles got just hard need to take care of well. business. They do. Yeah, they the Cowboys have, the have Titans.
3: got the Jags, Titans, and Washington. They were obviously not bad these days. And us um none of those games are easy the easy one was today and it didn't look very easy so um yeah i think jacks will cause them problems next week as well
1: well it's december we know how the cowboys play in december i need them to win no i i appreciate what you're saying shane however if they lose on christmas they ruin my christmas so i would prefer them to not ruin my christmas
2: oh sure sure <laughs> i'm not saying i want them to lose on christmas uh, but the the Eagles have some breathing room. They're they're in prime position now for the one seed. They are not that they've they ever are. not been, but it feels right. pretty good.
1: Yeah, every everything feels pretty content at the moment. at At twelve and one, not a bad place to be. To sort of just wrap it up today, one word or one short phrase that sort of sums up how you feel right now about the Eagles after this win, this point in the season, clinching a playoff spot, twelve and one. What are you, what, what
2: do you feel? They're the best team. Anyone? They're the best team in the NFL, hands down. Best team in the NFL. Well, is, yes,
4: the is. I think I, is the MVP.
2: So I think Hers is MVP. I liked it. I said a few weeks ago on Chalk Talk, my whole NFL podcast, that uh-huh. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP until, you know, just for the foreseeable future, he's always the MVP. And I've got to walk that back after like three weeks because it's just incredible what, what Hertz has done this year. And of course, the Chiefs losing last week, Hurts, pun not intended, but it works here. Uh, I mean, Hertz is the MVP. There, there's no way around it. He's the MVP. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. And we'll see what happens come play, comes playoffs time. You know, they've got a couple of easier games. The Christmas Eve game is going to be a playoff environment game. So, you know, you get that kind of a ramp up game and, and then you get ready and you go, you hopefully host three playoff games on your, or two playoff games. What is it now? Two playoff games on your way to a Super Bowl. So let's make it happen.
1: Yeah. He it's blown my mind week in and week out how well he has played. Like, I I thought he was going to improve and I thought he was going to shut a lot of people up in a lot of different areas, but I was nowhere prepared for how borderline perfect he's been I
3: think everyone's always looked at Josh Allen as like the free QB development story um but Josh Allen was like the eighth overall pick like and if and certain people if you ignore what drafters have said about him he was actually very good in college like Hurst was benched in college and Hertz was around elite quarterback coaches it's probably the most bizarre story I think people who who doubted him early on were not wrong like the tape is the tape you can go back and watch it especially his first and second year. There were quite a lot of plays when he didn't let it rip. He did bow from bo- from pockets early. I, I, I said this last week. I genuinely think he could play without any mobility now and he'd be a good quarterback. He, he looks like he's been playing for, for 15 years. Pre-snap, he's unbelievable. We used to, how many times did you see people like freeze frame or pause clips with receivers streaking down the field in the old Chip Kelly days where quarterbacks just don't see, he doesn't miss anyone. Like very rarely do you see him look at someone where he sh- he should throw the ball and he just doesn't throw it. I mean, today he had probably his two best throws weren't even completions. The one to Sanders outside of structure, which we didn't even see a replay of, but I'm guessing he didn't catch it up or he would have challenged. And then the one to Smith in the corner of the end zone. and Both of those balls were just perfect. He's, he's got everything at the moment. It is, I'm someone who would be seen as a doubter, if you want to put it that way. Um, But he's been just ridiculously good. I think there needs to be a whole long series in the off season. Someone needs to interview him and be like, what the hell did you do in the off season? Like what, what has happened because he is so different. If you go back and watch his old like college tape, he, he doesn't even look like a similar player. He was not a pocket quarterback at all. It was so, so different. Um, it's bizarre. I mean, I don't really know. I don't even know how to credit the coaching staff or him or just everyone around him, obviously the players have helped, but it's not just AJ Brown. It's not just Dallas Scott's really good. It's not just the protection. It's even when there's free rushes, he's just standing in there and delivering. It's, he is a, a top, top QB. I think even I, up until a few weeks ago, would have doubted like top five or no, I think he's up there at the moment. He is playing as good as anyone, um, which is incredible um, to think.
5: You know what's crazy to me? Do you guys remember in the beginning of the season, I think this was before the season even started, that article came out and it was like the tiers, like ranking the quarterbacks in tiers. It might have been like the Athletic's article. And I remember at that time everybody was talking about Jalen Hurts and how like they couldn't see him. I think it was like tier 1 and it it's just crazy. I'm just laughing now because so many yeah. people, sorry Johnny Page, uh, were doubting him going into the season, but it's just like the the growth is just I don't know, like it's it's yeah, yeah. and Chris of, Sims, think you know? about it.
1: The, his his quarterback list that came out was last year or this year, and there are 32 teams in the NFL, and Jalen Hurts was the 40th quarterback on that list. Yeah, it's sad, really, it's sad. Really. it is. It is. Yeah. I and yeah. you know what? That's a high note that I don't even want to come down from. I don't even want to come down from it. That everybody, <laughs> you're right. It's the one-seater bust, and this guy is playing at absolutely, absolutely, absolutely an MVP level. And there there's no team playing better football than the Eagles right now. So the Eagles are 12 and one. Thank you for joining us for another episode of our instant reaction show. We'll be at, be back next week. I'll try to say that again. Uh, we'll be back next week after the Chicago Bears game, which hopefully the birds will be 13 and one. Hopefully it'll be a nice, another relaxing Sunday for everybody. But until then we will talk to you next week from myself, Johnny, Shane, Rachelle. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: Go Birds.